morning. Please stand for the reading of God's word as we read this love psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God. Good morning. Good to see you all. Well, as Mark just mentioned, we are going to do something a little different this morning. This, this weekend for Grace represents sort of the official transition from summer to fall. I know some of you already have kids or grandkids. It's, it's like school started a month ago, which still is weird to me. Um, but I know this isn't for some the transition. But as a church, this kind of marks the transition uh, from summer to fall. And so with the chill of fall in the air this morning... <laughs> I thought we could move towards, uh, no, we want, we want to do something, I think transition moments are, are opportunities to do something different, and so we're going to do something a little different uh, this morning, which is what we did actually at the beginning of the year. We, we're going to take a moment to pause together and just step back and, and just look back on this last summer together, the last three or four months, uh, what God has been up to, and give Him thanks for that. And then we'll look forward to this fall and just kind of dedicate ourselves and our community uh, to the Lord as we move into a fresh season. And some of you maybe do this as individuals. You, you like transition moments and you step back. Uh, but we thought this would be great to do corporately as a, as a church family to together step back and, and consider what God has been up to in our lives and move into the, into the future with hope, knowing that he's going to keep doing those things, no matter what the future brings. There's some goodness coming our way. And um, so that's what we're going to do. And we're going to use uh, some of the imagery of Psalm 23 to do this. Uh, a beloved, the most famous, of course, of all Psalms, one of the most famous passages in all the Bible. And so we're kind of connecting with our summer Psalm series. And this is sort of an official end of that as well. And so I want to just kind of get us inside of the imagery of this Psalm today and then use that as an opportunity to, to reflect together on what God, our shepherd, has been up to. Okay, so uh, obviously this begins with this great statement, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm going to show you an image of a Middle Eastern shepherd, okay? And when I think shepherd and sheep, I think of, you know, like Southern Oregon or New Zealand. I think of rolling green hills, lots of sheep, not a shepherd in sight, actually. Uh, and um, that's not Middle Eastern shepherding, as you may know. Uh, it looks a little bit more like this. I've been there. Uh, I don't know wh what country this is specifically, uh, but somewhere it's a desert climate, obviously. And, and the image conveys a few things, actually, uh, about things. The image conveys something about life, I think. Uh, and I think what it is is life is uh, a bit precarious. Life is, there's a lot of unknowns to life. Um, life can be unsafe at times. Uh, it conveys something about us uh, that you may or may not like. Uh, but the image is that we are sheep, 
And uh, if you know much about sheep, sheep are fairly vulnerable creatures. Uh, they're not particularly bright, turns out. Um, some sheep will like follow each other off cliffs. That's been known to be had or walk into fires. Uh, they don't have a lot of natural defenses, right? Not, not sharp claws and, and sharp teeth. Um, they're, they're vulnerable. Uh, sheep need a shepherd. They need someone to lead them and guide them and protect them and provide for them. And um, here, I'll show you one other image. Uh, is another image of sheep out in a Israeli-ish climate. Um, so this is what we are. We're sheep. And of course, the image ultimately, the most important part is it says something about who God is. Um, that God is a God who longs to be our shepherd, who, who longs to um, protect us. And so in the Middle East, we've, I've been there. Um, shepherds do actually lead their sheep. I remember being on a, on a tour bus and going around the side of the road. And I, where it was, there was probably, there was a shepherd jogging and about 10 sheep behind him. He was leading the way and they're following behind. They don't, you know, we're used to ranchers, you know, pushing the sheep. But out there, they, the shepherds lead and the, and the sheep follow. And it's a beautiful image of our God. Is a God who knows his sheep, right? Who uh, feeds his sheep, who protects, provides, uh, guides his sheep. And this is the image that David uses in this psalm that's become so well known. And of course, in the book of John, John 10, Jesus himself takes up this very familiar image and applies it to himself and says, I am the good shepherd. There's been other human shepherds before me, but they weren't the real thing. I'm the true shepherd. I know my sheep. I lead my sheep. And in fact, I lay down my life for my sheep. And I have come that my sheep might have life and have it to the full for all eternity. So it's this beautiful image of who God is. And so what I want to do today is just consider again God as our shepherd and how he has shepherded us uh, in this past couple months and how he will shepherd us moving into this fall. So... Um, what I want to do now, I want to just take a couple minutes. We're going to just spend some time looking back over the summer, okay? And we're going to give you a couple moments of silence to do that. We're going to sing a couple songs, two songs that are connected with Psalm 23 as a way to respond to God in light of what he's done. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up two little moments of reflection, and then we'll reflect, and then we'll sing. And then after that, then we'll look forward uh, to what is ahead in the fall. So... Um, you look at Psalm 23, and what I love about this psalm is, is David kind of gives you images of every aspect of life, every experience in life. The good, the bad, the ugly is, is contained in this short psalm. And you've got images of comfort in this psalm, and then you've got images of challenge in the psalm. And so I want to spend some time looking at these images of comfort first and how we've experienced God bringing that into our life. And then we'll look at these images of challenge and how we've seen God with us in that. So let's look at first these, these comforting images in verse 2 and 3. Let me read them again. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Okay? So here's an image, I think, that captures the kind of scene that David is is talking about here. He leads me, uh, he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. So that's, that's an image of peace, right? Times of peace, 
Uh, and for sheep, grass is food too. <laughs> so times of peace and provision. Uh, he leads me beside quiet waters. That's times of, again, of rest and refreshment, I would say, right? Uh, he guides me along right paths, times where we experience his guidance and his direction. And so what we're going to do is just think about those images, times of where you've experienced that from the Lord. And, and for many of us, this summer has had many experiences of comfort, okay? And uh, they might be just really not even spiritual times, just real simple, tangible times. Maybe you've had, you've been to places this summer that were really comforting, or you've been with certain people this summer that have been very comforting to you, or you've had experiences um, that were encouraging and comforting. Maybe you had literal meals <laughs> that were really comforting this summer, uh, or God provided, or God brought rest in the last three or four months, okay? Very tangible ways. And then, of course, there's the more spiritual ways that maybe God has brought provision and guidance and rest and refreshment for you. Maybe you've had these sweet moments in worship. Uh, maybe you've had sweet times in His Word. Or maybe His Spirit has just been impressing on your heart uh, a fresh theme that is really encouraging or comforting. Um, it could be, could be anything but what we want to do, again, as a, as a church today, is before we just launch into, for many of us, a busier season, which is fall, is just to stop and think back on all of those things and, and, and acknowledge God like you are the giver. Those trips, those moments with friends, those sweet times, God, you're the giver of all those things. Those all came out of your generous hand. And so God has been gracious to us this summer in various ways. And, and what we get to do is practice gratitude together. And gratitude is, is it, it completes this wonderful circle where God is constantly bringing grace and gratitude is our way of, you know, of, of turning that grace back up to God with thanksgiving. And um, it's such a, we talked about gratitude a couple, couple weeks ago, but it's such an important thing just to pause and to give thanks uh, and actually to relive the experiences, to taste them again with gratitude because God gave them to, to us. We, we just got back uh, with my folks and my brother's family uh, a week ago from a couple days up in the Sierras. And just perfect weather, beautiful time, lakes, bears, deer, uh, fishing, uh, rest, all of that. And um, it was really sweet. We got in the car to, to take the you know, seven-hour drive home. And we've learned, this is partly a parenting strategy, um, but we've learned, like, when the kids are with, like, their cousins on both sides, uh, and with a lot of people on both sides for many days, and all of a sudden they get into a car and have to sit still, it's, like, it's like so predictable. Five minutes in, there's, there's just bickering and fighting. So I was trying to redirect, you know, that. Um, but we said, we got in the car, and we were two minutes, I said, let's, let's just take the next five to ten minutes as a family, and let's just, everyone just start saying some of your favorite moments of the last four days. You know, so the girls start just saying stuff as we're driving down, you know, this beautiful road. And it, it was a way to actually, like, kind of retaste the trip again, to kind of experience it again, but with explicitly with gratitude. Oh, yeah, God, that was, that was you. You gave us that. And gratitude is so good in that way. And so it's a beautiful thing to be able to do together. And so what we want to do right now is just take a moment. We're going to give you a minute of, of silence to just go back through the summer those comforting times, and it just, you know, maybe it's two or three images that come to mind, people, places, experiences, ideas, whatever it is, 
and just kind of taste them again, explicitly this time with gratitude for, for the God who was your shepherd, who shepherd you, shepherded your life into those sweet times of comfort. So we'll take a, a moment of, of silence to do that, uh, and then the guys are going to come up and we'll sing a song that will be kind of a response to give thanks to God for what he's done this summer. So comforting images, uh, but then there's also some challenging images in this psalm, aren't there? Uh, look at verse 4. We just sang about it. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, uh, and then in verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I'll give you a different image this time. Uh, image of a dark valley, right? Or many of us grew up learning it, the valley of the shadow of death. And a dark valley probably represents uh, a season of maybe um, danger, could be. Right? You don't know what's lurking on the sides. Uh, it could be a, a season of, of grief or of loss or just an emotionally dark time. Uh, or it could be a season of unknown, right? Where the road ahead is, is unclear. You can't see your way through. And, uh, and some of us have been in those seasons this summer. Um, some of us are in the uh, a darkness of loss or grief uh, or darkness of anxiety and depression, uh, loneliness, right? Uh, for some of us, this summer has been maybe a season uh, where the road ahead is unclear. It's a season of unknown. Maybe professionally it feels up in the air or relationally or financially or all sorts of ways. Uh, life has felt very uncertain this summer for some of us. Um, or maybe it's just been kind of a lack of provision. It feels like the, the usual sources of, of provision are, are dried up and we're kind of wondering how's this all going to work out. So we've, we're all in different seasons. For some of us, this summer's been a, uh, a tough time. Uh, and then you've got this image of verse 5 of being in the presence of enemies, right? And some of us have experienced enemies this summer. Uh, those enemies might be out in society at large. We, we read about them on, online or we hear about them in the news. We consider those our enemies or some of us have had enemies at work, um, even enemies at home sometimes, uh, enemies uh, among our friends. And for some of us, the summer has had hard moments uh, with some people. Now, but what I love about this psalm is David doesn't, doesn't just dwell on the, the challenging circumstances, but he, he dwells on the fact of his shepherd's presence with him, right? Verse 4, even, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God, you haven't necessarily taken me out of the dark valley, but I have experienced your presence with me in the valley, and that gives me comfort. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Right, we can think about a shepherd's staff, and it, it's good for a couple things. It, it's good to, to fend off, you know, enemies, uh, but it's also good in, in keeping the sheep close. And so we have this God who, when we're going through dark valleys, can, can protect us from ultimate harm. Uh, we might experience some pain, but he can protect us from ultimate harm, and he can keep us close to him, and David acknowledges that. And then I love this image with the enemies. You prepare a table before me, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. There's this picture of God spreading this table before David to share a meal. Enemies are all there, 
And, and David's head is being anointed with oil in the presence of his enemies. So even in the presence of enemies, um, he's being fed by God. He's being blessed by God. He's being anointed by God. And um, that's what often God does, even in the midst of enemies. Sometimes he doesn't move, remove the enemies, but he works right in the midst of the enemies. And so what we want to do now is the same thing, but we want to just take a moment to look back again over this summer and consider the challenging moments of this summer for you. Where were the maybe many dark valleys or the many experience of enemies or maybe really profound experiences of those things? Um, but specifically, not just remember the hard times, but where have you seen God shepherding you through those hard moments? Where have you seen his presence with you in, in a painful time? Um, where have you seen him even blessing you or protecting you or comforting you uh, in the midst of challenging moments? So let's take a moment to just think, what, what was the dark valleys of, of this summer? And Lord, how have I experienced you in that? And take a moment to, to think, consider that and give thanks. And then we'll do one more song uh, that's also connected with Psalm 23. Okay, so now we want to shift from looking back to looking forward. And the idea being, God has been good to us, right? Through good, through hard, God is good to us. He will continue to be good to us. And so we just want to dedicate this fall uh, to the Lord as a community. And, um, you know, begins, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing, a, a comment of, of great confidence. And then I love how this psalm ends. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, verse 6 Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Your goodness and love. These are these two, you read the Psalms, these core qualities of God. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Goodness and love are key qualities of who our God is, that faithful, good, loving uh, committed character to us. And there's a word here. Uh, it says, your goodness and love will follow me. And that, that follows a little soft. I, I want it, the, the Hebrew word is like, it will pursue me. It will track me down <laughs> like a hound. It's gonna, it's gonna, it'll be at my heels. It's gonna follow me everywhere I go. Okay? I mean, if God is my shepherd, if, if my shepherd is none other than Yahweh, and we can now say, and Jesus Christ, Yahweh in the flesh, if, if that's who my shepherd is, that person, then, then for sure, goodness and love is going to follow us all our days. Other things will follow us too. Hardships will follow us. Challenges will follow us. Setbacks, frustrations, yes, those will all follow us, right? But in and through all of those things, goodness and love will always be there. And so we always approach the future with hope. Uh, this is the first uh, passage of Scripture I remember memorizing as a kid, first, like, chapter of Scripture. I remember I was in kindergarten. And the way I learned it was probably the King James, and it went, surely goodness and mercy. Did you hear my mom actually said mercy? She slipped. She slipped. She said mercy, and then she said, and love. I liked that. We added a, yeah. But that's, I do the same thing. Surely goodness and mercy uh, will follow me all the days of my life. And when I was growing up as a kid, 
Uh, I've said this before, but I heard those as like three things that were going to follow me. Surely, goodness, and mercy are, are going to follow me all my life. As a kindergarten, I didn't know what surely was, but I knew that surely and goodness and mercy were going to follow me everywhere I went. And, um, and I, I, that's, that's, I just didn't understand, but I love that word, surely. And, and I think biblical hope is, is actually learning to live in that surely, right? It's, it's looking to the future with that sense of surely. Yes, if God's my shepherd, then for sure, then surely, then you can count on, ah, oh, there's good things coming. There's hope ahead. And as I look at the Israelites and we study the life of Moses, what they had such a hard doing, time doing was taking God's faithfulness in the past, all these ways he had been faithful, he had shown up when they needed him, and transferring them, that to their view of the future. And they just couldn't do that. So every time a new challenge came, they met it with anxiety and lack of faith and lack of hope. And, and I so relate to that. And I think what having God as a shepherd is beginning to, to, to actually see that connection. He's been so faithful. He's not going to stop now. We're going to sing at the end, your goodness is running after me. It's going to keep coming. So whatever you're nervous about this fall, okay, surely goodness and love and mercy and faithfulness is going to follow you into the fall. And so we, come, we step into the fall with that kind of confidence. So what we want to do is, from that, that's biblical hope. We call that hope. It's not optimism or pessimism. It's biblical hope. It's going to be hard times, and God's going to be faithful through it all. So what we want to do is spend some time now just dedicating, uh, consecrating, if I can use that word, ourselves and our community to God as we move into the fall. And we're going to have some of our elders um, do this one at a time. So we're going to spend a little bit of time just sort of offering ourselves to God. Drake Levashev will come up in a minute and, and kind of help us pray through our own lives and offering ourselves. Uh, and then we thought as fall kicks in, what, what's different about the fall? We thought let's, let's offer our students, uh, our kids, our grandkids, um, to the Lord as they jump back into school and that, you know, all the challenges and joys of that. We thought it would be great to pray for our young people. Uh, and then thirdly, uh, I will have Brian Lucas do that. And then thirdly, um, we thought all of our small group ministries are kicking back in. And that's where God does so much of his work in these contexts of small group, uh, small discipleship groups. And so we wanted to lift up those, those groups and those group leaders to the Lord. And so Daniel Gaiman will do that. Okay, so we're going to spend some time the last couple minutes just in prayer together. With that, I'm going to have Drake come on up uh, and lead us in this first prayer. Good morning. So we, we look back, right, and we realize that we didn't have, maybe there are parts of this time this last summer that we didn't have it all together. And uh, we look ahead, and there's uncertainty. But there's faithfulness all around us, right? There's faithfulness pursuing us. And as we come to God in prayer, we know that we have a Father whose face is turned toward us, that the Son is interceding for us, and the Spirit is helping us pray. And so we want to give a, a few moments of quiet for us to pray in our, by ourselves, and then I'll, I'll close off that time with a prayer. But let's go with this confidence that his love is mercy and mercy is right here. Let's bow together.
Father, we offer ourselves to you. Um, and, we, and as we do this, um, we raise the right flag, white flag of surrender. We surrender. Um, we, uh, we surrender um, our visions. Or we, we realize that maybe we haven't seen Jesus the way you want us to see him uh, in his majesty and his glory. So, Lord, um, we offer uh, this sense of need that we need to see him. We, um, we offer as well our need, uh, there are places, probably idols, um, things that you want to break in us. And Lord, we offer you so that you can reveal and bring your holy light. We offer ourselves to you because there may be situations where you want to send us or give us a left turn even, uh, unexpected turn in this season ahead. And so we offer ourselves to follow your leading in a new places. We offer ourselves to you to receive all of the grace that you have for us in this season, that your faithfulness is here for us. And so we uh, hold open our hands, uh, certainly to offer ourselves, but in, in return we know we receive your faithfulness and your goodness. Father, thank you that as we've given all these things to you, we can trust that you're with us. That Jesus walks with us and your spirit anoints us for the season ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to uh, direct our hearts towards... Um the vulnerability of our students as we think about uh, the vulnerability of sheep in this great psalm that, that Dave just took us through. It's hard not to think about our students and um, the world in which we live in where there's moral corruption and relational conflict all around um, that God would be uh, his, uh, that he would be the shepherd that leads our students to himself and uh, towards loving community with another, with one another. So, um, in the same format, let's take uh, a few moments to, to pray silently for our students at Grace Fellowship Church, whether you're a grandparent, a parent, a friend of a student, um, I know that this is something that's close to all of our hearts. So let's just take a moment to present silent prayers to God for our students here at Grace. God, thank you so much for um, the gift of being together as a family. And uh, we think about our students that are a part of this family. 
And we offer up uh, these silent prayers from uh, grandparents and parents and friends in this congregation at Grace for our students. Uh, we present them and this year to you with confidence, knowing that as surely as they will struggle, even more surely your love and goodness will follow them. That you will pursue them with a, a love uh, of a father, a protector, a provider. Uh, in the places where our students will inevitably feel lonely, I pray that you would comfort them. I pray that you would bring to them brothers and sisters to encourage them. We trust you, God. We trust you with their mistakes, that you are a redeemer, and that your love and goodness has a purpose and an end uh, that doesn't end in... Um, in anything other than uh, your house, your home, and that they will dwell with you forever and ever. So gather them in, God, protect them, uh, and be with them. We're so grateful for uh, this promise that we have. We pray it in the one who's made it possible for us through your spirit, and in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. So I was searching for a metaphor for what I get to talk about, and I was reminded of a film I saw in grade school called Nail Soup. And what I want to say to you all is that being in a small group is like making nail soup. And you're going, Daniel, what the heck is nail soup, right? So in nail soup, a poor person in an apartment has nothing in her pantry and nothing in her icebox. And she takes a spike and puts it in a, a, a kettle of water and starts boiling it, and it makes a frightful racket. And pretty soon her neighbors are hearing this. They're coming down, what are you making? I'm making nail soup. Well, that doesn't sound very good. And they say, but I have an onion in my apartment. And they go and get the onion. And, and this happens in someone with carrots and someone with potatoes. And then that magic individual shows up with a chunk of chicken. And then they have nail soup. Small groups are nail soup. And what I want you to ask and think about is those of you, many of you are already in small groups and you can pick out the onion and you can pick out the potato and you can probably pick out the chicken leg. Um, what are you bringing to your small group? And how can you be in that context together to make something more than just yourself but the sum of its parts? And maybe you discover that you have a special relationship with a carrot right? And that builds into something smaller and more meaningful that can lead forward. So um, I want you all to be in a small group of one way, shape, form, or another. And so I'd like you to think about that. The mystery, the, um, the, the opportunity, the step toward deeper closeness with our Savior that comes out of building relationships through small groups. So why don't we go and pray silently and think about that? Lift up, ask God what he would have you do. What are you? What is the flavor that you're bringing? Maybe you're the paprika. I don't know. So let's take just a few moments to do that, and then I'll lead us.
Father, I just uh, rejoice with you this morning that we have a faith that's relational. Um, and we have the opportunity for iron sharpening iron and uh, to learn from one another, to learn new things, uh, to meet new people, to find others who just attract us because we see you in them. And I pray for, for everybody who's involved in a small group that they would um, have a passion for it as we move into it this fall. And I pray that you would pour out your spirit on everyone who is in a small group and those who are about to be in small groups, Father. I pray that you just call them, lead them into that circumstance with, with a sense of, of awe for you and expectation of the work that might happen there and the work that they might do, what they might contribute, how they might find somebody to disciple or minister to or come alongside and just walk through life. Uh, it, they ebb, they flow, they grow, they shrink. There are so many things that happen in that, con that smaller context. And I'm thinking of a couple of key small groups. I'm thinking the apostles were a small group. And I'm thinking, you, Father, uh, you're the only being in the universe who exists as an individual and a small group. Um, because you have fellowship with your son Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. But most of the rest of us need other humans to be in a small group. Um, so I pray that you would inspire and lead us and that we, we catch fire with a vision for those we want to relate to, that we might be a number of cells in your body, that when we come together in the great assembly, we can have the strength of recognizing those who are rowing the boat in the same direction with us, and that we praise you together with others um, because you are drawing us closer to yourself, and you're doing it by the people you put around us. Let us be that person to somebody else as we move into the fall. We offer ourselves to you, as Drake said, and we just pray that you would do it. Hear us. Hear our, hear our prayer. Respond and pour out your spirit on us to cause us to take fire. In Christ's name, amen.